Heart Journal, Case Reports 2021. I'm Sophia Patank, podcast editor. Today I'll be talking about a case report by Shinsuke Tekiuchi, Nobuyuki Takayama, Kyoko Tsujima, and Hideki Yoshino. Kyorin University School of Medicine, Tokyo, Japan. Titled, A Penetrating Atherosclerotic Ulcer, Rapidly Growing into a Saccular Aortic Aneurysm During Treatment of Leukemia. A Case Report. Penetrating aortic ulcer is a classification of acute aortic syndrome. It was first described in 1934 by Shannon et al., but characterized only in 1986 by Stanson et al. It is an ulcerating atherosclerotic lesion that penetrates the internal elastic lamina of the blood vessel into the media, associated with hematoma formation within the aortic wall. It is usually located in the descending aorta, and rarely observed in the ascending aorta or the aortic arch. It accounts for 2-7% of acute aortic syndrome cases and may progress and result in aortic dissection, aneurysm formation and aortic rupture. A 68-year-old female with a past medical history of pulmonary tuberculosis in childhood, diabetes mellitus, heavy smoking history presented to hospital with pyrexia of 39 degrees Celsius and sore throat, After extensive tests, she was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia of French-American-British subtype M0. She underwent pre-treatment computed tomography, which revealed enlarged cervical and mediastinal lymph nodes, suggestive of extramedullary involvement. Furthermore, a penetrating atherosclerotic ulcer-like lesion was seen in the distal aortic arch. She started chemotherapy with cytarabine and idorubicin and was discharged. A CT scan pre-discharge revealed the lymph nodes had shrunken, however the aortic lesion appeared to have eroded deeper into the aortic wall. Two months later, the patient was readmitted for consolidation therapy with high-dose cytarabine. A CT scan at this point revealed the penetrating atherosclerotic ulcer was developing into a saccular aortic aneurysm by beginning to form a convex surface against the outside. Another two months later, she was hospitalised again for the third time for cord blood stem cell transplantation. Pre-transplant CT revealed enlargement of the aneurysm, but the patient remained asymptomatic. Two months later, she completed a series of AML treatment and was in remission. MDT review for the therapeutic intervention for the saccular aortic aneurysm was postponed due to the patient deemed too frail for intervention. The patient presented again two months later, complaining of headache and lumbar pain lasting for one week. She was disorientated and on examination was found to have nuchal rigidity. Lumbar puncture as well as CT thorax was performed. The CT revealed miliary nodules throughout the lung fields and a saccular aortic aneurysm that had enlarged to 12.8 by 12.1 by 11 millimetres. On day 6 of admission, the patient experienced sudden cardiopulmonary arrest. She was resuscitated and after 10 minutes of downtime, return of spontaneous circulation was achieved. CT after ROSC revealed a Stanford type A acute aortic dissection with a patent false lumen from the aortic root to the infrarenal abdominal aorta as well as a large bloody pericardial effusion was found in the pericardial sac. The patient maintained spontaneous circulation without the need for pericardial drainage. 
Based on the CT findings, it could not be determined whether the aneurysm was the entry point of dissection, which was treated conservatively. The cerebrospinal fluid samples confirmed tuberculosis and anti-TB treatment was initiated. Unfortunately, the patient suffered severe hypoxic encephalopathy and never regained consciousness during the treatment. The patient was transferred to another hospital and unfortunately died of unknown causes two years later. There is limited information on the evidence of disease progression in asymptomatic penetrating atherosclerotic ulcers. Pseudoaneurysms may occur in 15-50% to 50 of the patients. In this case study, the rapid growth of the aortic lesion has been attributed to the leukemia-related circumstances, such as immunodeficiency. Malignancy as well as chemotherapy may result in decreased macrophages and neutrophils, limiting cellular immunity. This would prone the patient to various bacterial and viral infections. The patient in this case report had childhood TB. The above-mentioned factors may have contributed to its recurrence, leading to Miller-E TB and even a tuberculous aneurysm of the aorta. The authors suggest that the mycobacterium tuberculosis pathogen may have infected the atherosclerotic lesion, subsequently promoting saccular aortic aneurysm formation. Furthermore, anthracycline chemotherapy is thought to affect the arterial wall by increasing arterial stiffness as well as endothelial injury, thus suggesting that in this case, Ida-Rubicin treatment may have also contributed to the aneurysm progression. Risk factors for penetrating atherosclerotic ulcers include male gender, hypertension, smoking, COPD, coronary artery disease, and concurrent abdominal aneurysms. It is frequently asymptomatic and incidentally diagnosed. Penetrating atherosclerotic ulcer is the most frequent cause of saccular aortic aneurysm. Close evaluation of the ulcer by measuring both diameter and depth of the ulcer is recommended to avoid aortic complications. According to the ESC, the aim of treatment in penetrating atherosclerotic ulcer is to prevent rupture and progression into aortic dissection. Medical therapy is recommended in all type B ulcers and include pain relief and blood pressure control, and repetitive imaging such as CMR and CT are indicated for surveillance. In cases of type A ulcers, surgery should be considered. The indications for intervention are recurrent and refractory pain, signs of contained rupture, rapidly going ulcer with associated periaortic hematoma or pleural effusion. Although no randomized studies are available to compare open versus endovascular treatment, choice is commonly based on anatomical features, clinical presentation and comorbidities. EVA or surgery may be considered for complicated type B penetrating atherosclerotic ulcers. The cutoff for early intervention in asymptomatic ulcer is with diameter of greater than 20 mm or depth of greater than 10 mm as it represents a higher risk for disease progression. In summary, although the histological diagnosis could not be established in this case and the exact pathological condition of the aorta was unknown, the mechanism described above could have promoted the aneurysm formation, which progressed during the AML treatment and eventually formed Stanford type A acute aortic dissection with a massive pericardial effusion. Although in this case it is unknown whether the aneurysm was the entry point of the dissection, careful consideration must be given to cases in which aortic complications may progress under circumstances such as anthracycline use or in immunodeficiency conditions. Any aortic lesions must be carefully monitored and MDT review sought in these cases. 
The author suggests the following learning points. Penetrating aortic ulcer progression could lead to a saccular aortic aneurysm. Aortic plaques and pre-existing aortic aneurysms should be carefully evaluated because aortic lesions may progress to life-threatening conditions due to anthracycline use or concomitant infections. In cases of uninfected aneurysms, surgical approaches such as thoracic endovascular aortic repair should be promptly considered because a progressive saccular aneurysm can often rupture. Thank you to the authors of this case report for highlighting this interesting case for us and thank you for listening to European Heart Journal Case Reports Podcasts. References and original case reports are available online. Visit academic.oup.com forward slash EHJCR for other interesting case reports. Music is Computer by State Shirt.